0: Hi Katie.
1: Welcome everyone to Have You Ever Heard
0: Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about stuff from history you may or may not have heard of. How are you? Well, I haven't been having as much fun as uh, Matt Hancock, that's for sure.
1: Oh god, <laughs> can we not talk about Matt Hancock? It's just all over my Twitter feed, it's just pictures of Matt Hancock making out. And it's like, this isn't what I come to Twitter for. I come to Twitter to talk to writers and historians and podcasters. <laughs> you do not come here to look at Matt Hancock making out.
0: I think of all the uh pictures of um politicians being naughty, that is the one that's grossed me out the most.
1: <laughs> that's a high bar as well. <laughs> I know.
0: Man. Those those videos of him doing the starey thing. Do you remember when he was doing that interview with uh I don't know who it was who it was. Something to do with the hospital, I think. And there's just like She's just meme. like talking and he is just like right next to her staring he's right at her face.
1: An absolute creeper sort of. Yeah. Um, that
0: guy. How the hell?
1: <laughs> I I don't well, he's got power, hasn't he? So
0: Yeah, precarious as it is.
1: Hey ho, I mean, did you expect anything more from him, really?
0: No, not really.
1: So what can we say really? Don't I have to say up. that. Me and um, my family and some friends had a sweepstake of when Melania was going to leave Trump, and so far it hasn't happened. I know. So people slipping off the sweepstake pretty quickly. Um,
0: Very surprised that hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, I had my birthday like around August this year, so I've still got a couple of months to.
0: That's what <laughs> you out. want. For, that's what you want for your birthday.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Shall we chat about history?
1: Yeah let's do it let's uh why don't you enlighten me about your thing whatever it is
0: (laughs) well I mean it is kind of history so
1: (laughs) that's what we're here for
0: (laughs) (laughs) so at university I did my gothic exam on vampires so like the literary um kind of like a side of vampires basically
1: yeah. So, Dracula and
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Et cetera. So obviously, I'm about like a vampire novel. I love vampires. It's one of my little expert areas. I got called by an expert by the, uh, by one of the literature tutors. He did nice. That. He was like the gender crit one, but he was like, "Oh, you're like a vampire expert, aren't you?" And I was like, "Thanks. That's that's crazy." Are you
1: Team Edward?
0: <laughs> but. Uh, but this for this one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the history of vampires. So, like, the the myths and, like, the kind of, like, the real Ooh. world history that kind of, like, underpins all so the, like the lore. stuff. Yeah, basically.
1: Amazing. I love that. So here for this.
0: But, yeah. good to love vampires. So it's literally, like, the best metaphorical... One of the best, like, metaphorical tools for literature. You can do so much with it. Like, there's so much you can play around with. And all the stuff you can play around with is all based on, like, stuff from history. So... Let's have a look at that. Ah, okay. So, the wider belief is the vampire myth is just a few centuries old and comes from Eastern Europe, but the myth actually has roots quite a bit further back than this. One of the oldest examples of vampire weirdly comes from the Buddhist texts. Oh, really? Yeah, it appears in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So that's known as a heruka. So Haruka is described as one of the wrathful or fierce deities. So fierce deities are one of the enlightened buddhas who have reached Nirvana and use their power to destroy the obstacles to enlightenment. So they're kind of like a destructive being as opposed to like a creative being. Harukas are supposed to represent the embodiment of the indivisible bliss and emptiness. So what is the Haruka's link to vampires? Well, the Sanskrit term Haruka translates into a blood drinker.
1: Ah, oh, there so it
0: is. The deity has a close relationship with the crematorium or charnel ground, So these start to uh, appearing in books around the 6th century, so we're talking pretty ancient. Um, but even more ancient than that, let's go back to ancient Egypt. So here we have the story of uh, Sekhmet, the Egyptian feline warrior goddess associated with both plague and healing. So this is one of the oldest widely known vampire tales. Legend has it that the sun god Ra sent his daughter uh, Sekhmet down to punish humankind for their disobedience. And how is she to do that? By going on a never-ending bender of blood, baby. That's how. (laughs) And she bloody loved it. Sekhmet could she bl- not
1: <laughs> she bloody loved it she
0: bloody loved it Sekhmet could not stop drinking that blood and in the end her slaughter just got a little bit too much and so Ra her planet draining thirst by dyeing a bunch of beer red uh, basically she guzzled all that down got pissed and slept for three days <laughs> thus ended the slaughter uh, so this myth served as a basis for Anne Rice's extended uh, interview universe, because that all kind of like starts in um, in Egypt with Queen of the Damned. Um, so yeah, so there are also stories from ancient Mesopotamia. So examples of creatures attempting to drink blood from men depicted on excavated pottery. So in ancient Babylonia, you have the mythical... Uh, Lilith. So, this story is uh, synonymous with the f- and fed into the story of Lilith and her daughters, a lilu of Hebrew demonology. So, Lilith was considered a demon and was often depicted as subs- uh, subsisting on the blood of babies.
1: Oh, baby blood. No. And
0: that's the best, it's the freshest, it's going to keep the youngest. <laughs> so fresh. <laughs> Uh, The legend of Lilith was originally included in some traditional Jewish texts. And just interestingly, according to medieval folk traditions, she was considered to be Adam's first wife before Eve. So in these texts, Lilith... uh, Wait,
1: what? Hang on. Rewind. How are they supposed to have a wife before Eve when they were
0: the first humans? That's what I was wondering, but apparently that's that's in the... uh, in the medieval folk tradition
1: that's hilarious i need uh, to know more about her and
0: she just left him so it's so lilith left uh, lilith left adam to become the queen of the demons uh she actually refused to be adam's subordinate and that's in a badge from eden by god himself so she was not the good wife that's uh that's apparently that's, that is not very feminist <laughs> how dare come she come on ancient <laughs> medieval folk tradition um much like the Mesopotamian story, she would pre- prey on young babies and their mothers at night, as well as males. So everyone, really. So pretty much, she wasn't big. <laughs> but mainly babies and mothers. Uh, to ward off attacks from Lilith's parents, she used to hang amulets around the child's uh, cradle.
1: Yeah, I love a
0: good amulet. God, I love that. <laughs> um, guess that's where the... Uh, son- Which one is it? The one, the pendant that you always get to kids that's I don't know I can't remember
1: well there's like a dream catcher oh yeah
0: maybe Tyler maybe that's similar anyway there's also uh, legends that came out of ancient Greece so now we have uh, Empusa who was the daughter of the goddess Hecate and was described as a demonic bronze-footed creature bronze-footed like a bronze-footed vampire is he kind of like
1: yeah is that like a bronze hoof maybe yeah, I see like I don't really see like how bronze feet would be very ha- yeah. helpful. It should be heavy.
0: She <laughs> she lose a leg and have it replaced by like a prosthetic bronze? I mean there's a better materials <laughs> you can make. A prosthetic
1: you could just out. have gone oh, wood, bronze. to be yeah.
0: honest. It's classic, isn't it? It's classic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh so she is said to have satisfied her appetite by uh, for blood by transforming into a young woman and seducing men as they sli- um blah, blah blah. As they slept before drinking their blood to them, like, seduce them in their sleep that's an interesting tactic uh, we also have Lamia which is interesting because uh, Lamia like is that is that oh it's Warhammer that <laughs> it thing turns up in Lamia spelled differently anyway so Lamia <laughs> was the daughter of uh, King Belus and the secret lover of Zeus however Zeus's wife Hera discovered this infidelity and killed all of Lamia's offspring so thus, Lamia swore vengeance and preyed on young children in their beds at night, sucking their blood. So, Lovely. It's, it's interesting how the legend travelled. So looking at the path, it's not surprising that the myth would travel and bed down in Eastern Europe, moving from Middle East through Egypt up to Greece into the Middle East. Uh, no, Eastern <laughs> Europe, rather. The legends of Eastern Europe kind of started around the Middle Ages. So here we start seeing something closer to the literary vampire we all know and love today. So, not so much deities, but just people who have been cursed or transformed in some way. So, quite really, uh, so it's all kind of like quite closely related to the witchcraft phenomena, actually. Um, if you want to go back to your episode on... Um... Uh, Rebecca Nurse? Yes, that's the one. Yes. Um... So unlike with the uh, witchcraft phenomenon, uh, it would really kick off when people started getting ill. So we're talking the yeah, classic classic. Lack, yeah, the lack of scientific knowledge and needing a means to explain why your entire town is being decimated by the plague or whatever. That kind that old chestnut. So as Mark Collins Jenkins writes in his book Vampire Forensics, the one constant in the evolution of vampire legend has been its close association with disease. So trying to kill vampires or preventing them from feeding was a way for people to feel as if they had some control over disease. So you have like one person dying from a disease and others will follow. Instead of thinking, shit, they caught the illness of this dead dude. Instead, our poor and educated peasants would think the dead dude is coming back at night to suck on everyone's blood. Which is totally, totally a logical explanation, I would say. (laughs) <laughs> that is exactly what's happening, no doubt about it. I guess it did help that the plague and other certain illnesses at the time created sores and lesions that possibly looked like bites. And, of course, following this, they'd exhumed the bodies of the su- suspected vampires, and then we'd get the misunderstanding of the decomposition process. Often they'd find bodies that appeared to have longer hair, or that had grown fingernails, or that its teeth seem to protrude further than they had before. So what people didn't understand was that, as a doggie decomposes, a corpse's skin shrinks. Grace, <laughs> which, kind of, uh, which would uh, create all those, uh, create all that stuff. A record also shows that people appear to identify blood in the mouths of corpses, suggesting, uh, well, a, a bit of blood drinking, right? In actuality, as internal organs break down a dark uh, purge fluid tends to leak out of the nose and mouth which is uh, quite lovely so all these misunderstandings contributed to a myth and the myth was used as an explanation for the inexplicable So people convinced themselves that by uh, killing or controlling the vampire, they could stop or control the plagues ravaging their societies. So in 2006, archaeologists unearthed a 16th century skull in Venice, Italy that had been buried among plague victims with a brick in its mouth. So this was a common tactic when it came to stopping them vampires. What? It was? (laughs) Stick a brick in their mouth. Doesn't sound very
1: nice.
0: (laughs) I'm not really sure why the vampire can just take the brick out. But that's what they did. They just stuck a brick in there. As you look into the pictures, it looks like the brick was jammed in the mouth. So, like, dislocating the jaw. Which is uh, lovely. Uh, so, this was done to counter the Strega. So, that's the Italian version of the Ramonian Strigoi. So, that's the uh, the myth that Dracula is based on. So, both the Strega and the Strigoi were believed to have physically risen from their graves to sup on the living during the night. The street is also said to have be been able to transform into an animal, a bat or a wolf, or some other nighttime creature.
1: Nighttime creature.
0: <laughs> so, like, so this led to various preventive measures. So we had the brick. Others were to deca- decapitate the body and stuff the severed head's, uh, heads mouth uh, with earth or garlic. Why garlic? We'll go into that later. It's pretty harsh. Um, yeah, I've,
1: I've, do you know what? I've always wondered
0: that. But, yeah. Uh, I have an answer, uh, but we'll get on to that later. (laughs) Uh, And another was was the classic Stake Through the Heart, that old chest. Yeah, classic. But this wasn't so much to kill the vampire, but rather to pin it to the earth so it couldn't escape the grave to quench its craven thirst. And the chest was chosen just because it was the thickest part of the body. It was the trunk of the body. So if you're going to hammer something into the ground, do it in the thickest part of the body. So, strangely, going against uh, Stoker's interpretation, there was no particular significance uh, to using wood. According to folklore, vampires fear iron, so an iron bar would be far more effective than a wooden stake. So that is uh, an example of the myth being uh, being changed for some reason. Uh, In Bulgaria, a 1,700-year-old skeleton discovered in 2012 uh, they found a corpse pinned down with a rock uh, to keep the dead from rising. It had been also been stabbed through the chest with an iron rod and had its teeth been uh, all its teeth removed, so it couldn't bite. That's kind oh, of that's clever. Right? That really No, went, but that went that's, to town.
1: that's really clever. Surely, if you want like a vampire to like not be a vampire, just like extract all its teeth.
0: Yeah, that is like a. That was something. That was something I was going to use. In Why my didn't thing, Buffy so. do that? <laughs> as a form of torture. But anyway. But not all vampires were thought to physically leave their graves. So there's another type of vampire known as the Naxera. so Zera? Zera is German. Naxera, I think. Um, or the after-devourers. So these were believed to stay in their graves, chewing on their burial shrouds. Ugh. Again, this belief uh, likely has to do with uh, purge fluid, which could cause the shroud to sh- sag or tear creating the illusion that her corpse has been chewing on him. Um, so what harm could this do? Uh, since it's just in its grave, just chewing on his own clothing. Sure, that's not that dangerous. Well, it was believed that these were more spiritual vampires that were said, suck the life force out of his victims from the grave. So in a 1679 tract on the Chewing Dead... That's what it was called, "On the Chewing Dead."
1: Oh my a Protestant
0: God. theologian, accused the uh, Naxera of harming their surviving family members through occult processes. He wrote that people could stop them by exhuming the body and stuffing its mouth with soil, and maybe a stone, and a and a coin for good measure. Don't know why a coin is. That might be something to do with the coin on the eye thing. I don't know. He's a Protestant, they so they don't believe in like. I guess like coins. The-
1: Yeah, coins have always been like part of, I don't know, kind of paying for wishes, you know, like throwing them into lakes, that kind of thing. So maybe it's just, yeah, uh, coins have always been something to do with like, you know, paying for something good to happen. So I guess it's just for good measure. (laughs)
0: Because I guess you're not trying to pay like the spirits like uh, a way into heaven. I don't think Michael's going to be wanting that that coin
1: st know. peter's like you made that coin
0: um so without the ability to chew, uh true uh, without the ability <laughs> to chew the in the tracks claims the courts would die of starvation i mean but they're not coming out as eating anyone they're just chewing on their own clothes so anyway that's what he claimed <laughs> um but who would be accused as i said before sometimes it was just the first person to get ill the one who brought the curse to the people other times all it took was unfamiliar physical or emotional illness so porphyria is widely believed to have been linked to the vampire legend this is a blood disorder that can cause severe blisters on skin that's exposed to sunlight so that fits the bill right it also leads to the erosion of the lips and gums, causing the teeth to protrude. So we get the corpse, corpse-like fanged appearance. Uh, dislike of sunlight, sunlight that we associate with vampires. The other thing: people who suffer from uh, porphyria also have an intolerance of food that's high in sulfur, such as garlic.
1: Oh.
0: So that's where it comes from.
1: Is it super high in sulfur then?
0: I Apparently. Guess so so essentially
1: right. so is that like the highest food in sulphur maybe
0: I think I was saying it's just very high and of course and it's is handy as well yeah. it's like
1: small so
0: and it's cheap just a, a, a like a common root vegetable and stinky and stinky so essentially what you can take away from this is that uneducated folks tortured ill people with garlic because they thought they might be a vampire that's basically what <laughs> that's happened that's
1: the takeaway <laughs>
0: Oh, and the other thing some symptoms of porphyria can be temporarily relieved by ingesting blood. Right. So maybe porphyria just actually is a vampire
1: disease. You're just. you're a vampire now. (laughs) Uh,
0: Other diseases blamed for promoting the vampire myth include rabies and goiter. What's Um, goiter? I'm not sure, actually. I should Some sort really of blood loud. disease? Let's, let's look it up. So, Classic. goiter... Um, uh, it just says here, the swelling of the thyroid gland that causes a lump in the front of the neck. Okay. But I don't know why that would be... Uh, um, linked to vampirism. Yeah. Yeah, it just causes a lump in the neck, apparently. So that's enough. That's enough to be labelled a vampire. Um, so, how do you defend yourself against a vampire? Well, how did they believe you defended yourself against a vampire? So, the most effective means was through the use of salt. So, how do you think this would be used, looking at, like... Um, literature and myths and... Uh, buffy salt? And yes.
1: I don't know, like... Sprinkling it around your house? Like, in a circle? Circle. A circle, yeah, right? Right. circle. Oh.
0: <laughs> so, if you are being chased all you need to do is spill the salt on the ground behind you at which point the vampire is obliged to stop and count each and every grain before continuing the pursuit
1: wow that's hilarious (laughs) because
0: apparently vampires suffer from a debilitating form of extreme OCD that is I was going to say, it sounds
1: like OCD.
0: <laughs> that is the take home from this. So if you don't have salt handy, some say any small granules will do, including birdseed and sand, anything. Anything, they will count anything. So basically... They can't,
1: like, run after you on a beach, basically. No. Yeah, so, yeah they'll
0: <laughs> just say, like, that's it. They'll <laughs> never leave that beach, ever. So Sesame Street is real, is all we can take from this. Sesame <laughs> Street is basically a documentary. The count is... Like, that's the true form of vampire
1: oh shit I didn't even think of that <laughs> one grain of salt ha ha
0: ha um so I'm not going to go into any famous vampire figures right now because I'm going to do episodes on them I've been meaning to do Elizabeth Bathory for ages and I, I kind of want to do Vlad like the Impaler here but so we're going to just have a look at some smaller cases here instead so okay uh so the um bu- 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 so this kind of version of the vampire appears to have started in the East, in Eastern Europe, as I said before, and it didn't actually spread to the rest of Europe until quite late, so the 1700s. Um, so this came about with the death of Arnold uh, Paolo. So in the early 1700s, this rural Serbian broke his neck after a fall from a hay wagon. So not even disease, he just, like, like, died from, like, injury. So he was accused of a uh, pursuant as vampirism and exhumed after a series of deaths in his village. Uh, so basically it was the, the Austrian military authorities who had conducted the auto- autopsy and then they published their account uh, just all over Europe.
1: Well saying that he was a vampire? He was a vampire.
0: <laughs> this was the most bizarre thing I've ever read. Like the Austrian military doctors were well, like, this guy's clearly a vampire.
1: Yeah, um, it's actually, um, he's actually a vampire. <laughs> um, diagnosis...
0: 'Cause normally, like a uh, military surgeons, they have like They're uh, 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 usually the most advanced people in society when it comes to like medicine. But these guys were just like clearly a vampire. That's clearly what he is.
1: <laughs> Not doing any further investigation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so poles was the was the story that spread the vampire superstition to Western Europe, where it took hold before reaching America. So this brings me to the case of Mercy Brown. So Mercy Brown may rival Count Dracula as the most notorious vampire. Well, in America, at least. Okay. um So she lived in Exeter, Rhode Island, and was the daughter of George Brown, a farmer. So after George lost many family members, including Mercy, in the late 1800s to tuberculosis, also known as consumption, consumption, vampires consuming people. I mean, there's the oh,
1: link. Oh, anyway. okay. There is a link, I guess, but also <laughs> like tenuous.
0: <laughs> So his community used Mercy as a scapegoat to explain their death. So it was common kind of at this time to blame several deaths uh, in one family on the undead. Um, so the bodies of each shared uh, family member was often exhumed after, uh, when this happened. They uh, had searched for signs of vampirism. So alarms that his son appeared to be ill with the same mystery, mysterious illness that had taken his wife and daughters. Mercy's father, George Brown, reluctantly agreed with the others that a malevolent force might be playing up upon his farm. So when they opened Mercy's grave, they found blood in her mouth and took it to be a sign of vampirism. So, you, I
1: mean, obviously, when you have consumption or TB, you cough yeah, up blood. Exactly, it's like that's re- it's, it's a clear <laughs> symptom. So, that that's I love that that's how they took it. They weren't like she's coughing up blood. They were like vampire,
0: vampire, don't definitely vampire. vampire. So, so, what did they think was best? These other neighbors. So they decided what they needed to do was cut out Mice's heart, burn it, mix the ashes into a potion, and get the son Edwin to drink it. So oh, was,
1: grim. No, that's don't do nurse, that. isn't it? That's Drink, probably the, like the worst thing you could possibly do.
0: Taking the ashes of your own dead sister, who died of tuberculosis. Just
1: her heart, though.
0: <laughs> just her heart. So this was a, this was a common anti-vampire cure. Apparently, that was used uh, for hundreds of years. So the potion was obviously meant to, to heal him, instead of just killed him. He died a few days later. Well done, neighbors. Uh, another I bet they vamp- were
1: like oh it's too late already vampires <laughs> got him already
0: Um. so where do we stand now vis-a-vis the vampire myth so in fact this is interesting the Guardian covered a vampire slaying ritual in a Romanian vi- village performed after a uh, deceased labourer Petra Tom's family decided he'd become a Shrigoi in 2003 wow so six men exhumed the body, staked it, sprinkled it with garlic, and opened Thomas' ribcage with a pitchfork.
1: Oh, God. That is not the most effective way of doing that.
0: No. <laughs> they took out his heart, burnt it, and drank the ashes in a glass of water.
1: Oh, grim. Like a. like cystitis medication. They mixed it up. Yeah. Like. Oh, grim.
0: So they're still out to get you, people. That's yeah, what we can.
1: They haven't gone anywhere.
0: <laughs> there you go, that's my brief history of vampires.
1: Who's your favourite vampire then?
0: Um, my favourite vampire. In, yeah, in um fiction. Or yeah, or in...
1: either in fiction or real life. Not real, it's real.
0: It's got to be Elizabeth Bathory. That's the best.
1: Okay, well, we have to do h- an historical on figure her.
0: based uh, the vampire has been based on. Um, but fictional, I don't know. It's kind of like a left field choice, I and mean, probably not a popular one. But I'm—I've uh, always been like a massive fan of Selena from—God, I've watched the films in ages from the Underworld series.
1: Oh, okay. I um I have to say this is funny because uh, there's a YouTuber called Jenny Nicholson. Nerds out there will know Jenny Nicholson. She's amazing. She does all sorts of like nerdy videos. Mm. And she hadn't released a video in like a month. And me and my friend Paul were like, where's she gone? And then she comes out with this two and a half hour video, which is a breakdown of the whole of the Vampire Diaries. i watched it again the other day like literally yesterday yeah
0: um
1: so it's weird that it's like been a vampire heavy week but if you're interested in just watching a really hilarious two and a half hour video about the vampire diary series head over to jenny nicholson's youtube because you will not regret it it's it's really funny it's not like a episode by episode breakdown it's like a numbered list like characters (laughs) and and plot lines and Duh, duh, duh. So, yeah, I would suggest that. I am a big Buffy the Vampire Sayer fan.
0: Yeah, gotta love Buffy.
1: Yeah, uh, I think probably Spike is my favourite vampire. I'm much more of a fan of Angel in the Angel series yeah. than in the Buffy series. Um, but I also like Drusilla. She's mad.
0: I love Drusilla. She was yeah. my favourite in that series.
1: Mm. And you have the... Um, the Uber Vamps in the seventh series, which are like impossible to kill, um, oh yeah, until Buffy actually finally kills one, and they're pretty scary. So yeah, some good vampires out there. Thanks for that. Uh, that like the garlic thing was something I always wondered about. So I'm glad that I know about that now. And the salt, I will carry salt everywhere with me now.
0: <laughs> to uh, to to inflict on some poor vampires OCD.
1: So I had a little, um, I asked a couple of people on Twitter and Instagram what I should do next week, and I'm going to do a historical house. So I'm going to do, like, all Very the nice. people that have lived in the house and, you know, what their their role was. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good I'm
0: idea.
1: A... Thanks. I know, right? <laughs> so if that all goes well, maybe I'll add in some more historical houses. What are you doing this evening?
0: Uh, I am going to have a drink with one of my mates real human contact
1: woohoo madness Absolute try not madness. to drink his blood
0: <laughs> how about you
1: I am going to play some board games with Matt um, very nice yeah eat some food tomorrow is my good daughter's first birthday what's well it's the party um adorable so I got her some gifts and also same day a family barbecue it's like oh man packed. i
0: know action packed
1: it's action packed um and then sunday just chill out so yeah we'll don't have any other news while you're here um why don't you subscribe wherever you're listening to this if you haven't subscribed already but if you have thanks very much and thank you for all the love from the last episode joseph merrick we really appreciate it
0: and if you want to give us a little review, give us like five stars if you want. If you want,
1: no pressure. <laughs> um, only if you want. <laughs> and and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Have You Ever I'm trying to get better at actually posting stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to help out there. I'm terrible. <laughs>
1: you, you're you're like the worst. Yeah. So it's fine that I'm bad. <laughs> and see you next time. Bye. Bye.